writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, the Right Pack and some special guests are going to be talking about selling their books at cons. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host and producer, David Allen Lucas, author of Crazy Things, lost in, hopefully by now, in the wilderness that is known as NaNoWriMo. And we have some special guests today. We do have some of our normal Right Pack with us as well, so I'm going to go around the table and do the announcements of who our normal members are, and then I want to have our special guests introduce themselves as well. I am going to start off, since I am missing Kathleen today, I am going to start off with Jen. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Solzer. I'm a children's book author and illustrator. I'm working real hard on my own sort of modified nano. Uh, I'm not the type of writer that can go real fast and make mistakes and live with myself, so <laughs> I've decided to adjust my goal to getting 25,000 good words instead of 50,000 need to go back and rewrite the words. There you go. So, wish me luck on that one. Good luck. And also with me today, of course, is my lovely wife. Hi, I'm Melanie Lucas, and in the past where we're recording... I need to register for NaNoWriMo, so I'm sure I'm heavily writing today. And I just had this wild idea today, to, instead of writing my fantasy novel during NaNoWriMo, to go back to my um, space opera. I won't do that, really. I'm going to be finished. I'm now, right now, in this current time, finishing my fantasy novel. Really. And I am guilty because I of that because I turned on a piece of music. Which, by the way, one of our guests would probably like is was written in the, for the fiftieth anniversary of the Battle of the Atlantic, and mm-hmm. it's called the Battle of the Atlantic by Roy Lance and Gavin. Those are two people, two two conductors or composers, and she's sitting in the car having ideas from for this. Made me think about it. Yes, and also with us today is the Sky Admiral of Pirates. And steampunk, Mr. Brad R. Cook himself. Yes, I am, uh, yeah, you just said it, Brad R. Cook. I am the author of the steampunk trilogy, The Iron Chronicles. Uh, you can also get the Air Dream Adventures. And probably by the airing of this, uh, there should be at least one or two new short stories. Find them all at bradrcook.com. Excellent. And also is the master of fantasy, trombones, and snakes. I, I like throwing that out there. Go ahead. With us is? Uh, I'm Ryan P. Freeman. Uh, I'm uh, Harry Fancy, um, author of Brain Spell, uh, The Grey Isle Tale, and The Trombones of Months. Uh, this is November. Uh, I am two things I'm doing that's exciting. Uh, I am hopefully finishing up the one-way sequel of Rain Spell, That Dark Battle, as well as I have another book signing for the illustrated version of um, my short film, The Trombones of Months, which will be at the Books on Black Friday. Excellent. Also with us for her first time, I'm going to go ladies first, 
for her first time on the Right Pack Radio is... I'm Jessica Matthews. I write children's picture books, uh, The Old Man and the Pirate Princess, and Sparkle. And I write adult paranormal fiction uh, called Death Adjacent. Excellent. And returning to us today, and the man who I was referring to a moment ago probably would like this piece of music I mentioned before, is the king of sci-fi himself. I'm James Young. I'm the author of Aries Red Sky, a recent space opera that uh, takes place in the distant future. I also write alternative history and uh, regularly sell at uh, Comic-Cons throughout the Midwest. Exactly. And today's episode is going to be, I noticed when I started off the beginning, selling your books to, at cons, it almost sounded like I was talking about selling your books at prisons. No, I'm talking about selling your books at conventions, conferences, and so forth. Um, something which I actually have no physical experience of actually doing, except for helping out some of the people in the room here or or. Skyping in that we use something else, so I really want to Just keep my mouth shut. Picture what you did for St. Louis Writers Guild at PenCon and plenty of other places. You've done this. You've I know. Done. I really uh, have. Just you know, instead of going, have you heard about the word of St. Louis Writers Guild? Uh, you know, you get to say, uh, "Here's my book." Yes. Have Have you heard the story about my about the grit? No. So anyway, um, so let's talk about how how I saw your books at conferences. And conventions, especially at conventions, and I'm going to start off. Ryan, hold that thought for a second, because I want to start off with: How do you figure out where to go, and what's worth the money? Right, okay, right over to James. So the uh, I was thinking about things to talk about, and uh, that actually was one of the ones I was looking for. Uh, the, the you know, I was like, okay, well, the first thing I tell people about is how do I figure out where to go because uh, there are some train wrecks out there. Uh, the, the big thing is you have to know your genre, and you also have to look at uh, what's going to be your bank of your buck. Uh, the, the first thing I try to do is word of mouth with fellow authors. I mean, things I've heard about from fellow authors, people who saw them con, circuit regularly, and everything else. You uh, go to different blogs. The next thing is try to find established cons. And then uh, finally, uh, when you're talking to people, when you're talking to your fellow authors, if uh, I call it you know, uh, trusting your inner monkey, uh, for example, there's a con recently where I was interested until I actually started talking to them more, and mm-hmm. they told me it was $125 a table, and then, well, partner A hadn't talked to partner B, so they weren't sure if they had already sold all their spots. Uh, one month, less than a month out, they don't have their website up, and then last but not least, they started talking about things like, oh, our spaces are approximate. Uh, anytime you hear somebody, you know, that, that that's a big red flag. Yeah. Anytime people like these words that are like, you know, uh, I like to call them legal fuzzy. So basically, you can already tell they're thinking to the, well, this blows up in our face, how we protect ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's not a con you want to deal with. Gotcha. Ryan and then Brad? You know, and, and I wish the listeners could see Brad and I's like, reaction, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. James is talking here, and like, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I cry they got gr- um, they got yeah, grins on James doesn't even talk about here, and, and I just spent all of it. Yeah, they've got grimaces on their face. Brad, over to you. Yeah, actually, to piggyback on what Ryan just said, uh, so uh, truth in, uh, you know, radio here, um, I have put on numerous conferences or been part of the, uh, you know, uh, committee to put on numerous conferences. I think I'm up to 14 of them now. 
Uh, and that kind of stuff scares the out of me. They don't have a website a month out, and they're talking about approximations. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. I, I'm always about like exactly how much size you get. What do you get? How much do you get for your money? Well, how many, like, what is the size table that you're going to get? Does it come with uh, skirts and, and, you know, things of all that nature? All of that I should know months ahead of time. Agreed. So, yes, I agree. Back to James. And the reason why all that's important, and this is, I mean, I don't want to get straight to graduate level, but the uh, reason why all that's important is by the time you've done this a while, you should know, probably you have multiple setups. You know, if I have an L, I have two stables side by side, I have a six foot table versus an eight foot table setup. All these things where if you've done two or three cons and you start doing, you know, when you start getting, especially when you start getting up to the dozens, you know, okay, if you tell me I've got a six foot table with six foot backdrop, there are things I can bring and things I cannot bring. And especially if I know that you tell me I have a six foot backdrop and I'm up against a wall, okay, well, Sir Isaac Newton's been doing this for a while. He's pretty clear about the whole no two objects in the same space thing. So you know, okay, maybe I need to bring my banner that hangs on a wall or because I don't want to sacrifice backdrop space having a banner set up. I know that if it's we're back to back and we're packing this in like sardines, Inevitably, as I've had happen at a con, you're going to be the person who's their first con, and for some reason they get in their head that your backdrop is something they can hang their backdrop off of. And then they're going to do something like fall into your area. Oh, God. I literally had a lady land on me because she thought my backdrop was something the con just gave me. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> Sorry. It's not funny, but it's funny. Wow. Oh, it's hilarious now. It was not hilarious at the time when I like turned around. And thankfully, my mom and my wife were there. They're both giving me the, no, 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 no. She's just an innocent victim. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Over to you, Jessica, and then I'm going to come to you, Ryan. Jessica. Uh, so when I do cons, I pick them either because they're a con that I want to go to myself, which means that it goes along with my genre, um, because I write what I like. I don't write things that I hate. I don't write historical fiction because I can't stand to do all of the research. So I'm picking cons that I want to go to myself. I'm picking cons that um, friends have invited me to. Um, but you have to be careful with that. Um, because if your friend has never been to that con either, sometimes it's an adventure. So you have to watch that. Agreed. And I'm glad you brought up the, the different genres of cons. I'm glad you're going to be up next. I've got you. Um, because there are different conferences. There are different cons. And usually when you say the word con, you picture science fiction or fantasy. Something like, I'm going to throw out a little St. Louis local favorite, Archon, to Dragon Con, to Comic Con out in San Diego, and everywhere in between. But there are other conferences that you can go to. And that you can get your books sold at. Sometimes what you need to do is you yourself don't get a table. You have to work with some seller that's going to be there, like a bookseller, a bookstore. So there's an FYI on that. Every con is different, but there, but most cons do. I'm oh, sorry, most genres do have a conference related to them. Brad, back to you. Yeah, so uh, in terms of what do I look for when I actually go to a con, um, basically one of the big things that I'm going to fold out because everything, and I'm going to go on top of everything that's been said because there's been a lot of good stuff said by, uh, already. 
But uh, when I do, I'm looking for what day is it on? What day of the week? Mm-hmm. What time of day is it going to be? Is it a weekend thing? Is it a single day? Is it a nighttime thing? Uh, in essence, what, what kind of crowd uh, are you really looking at? Uh, because there's, you know, there's one, the equation of how many people need to walk in front of me or how many people are going to actually stop and then how many of the people who actually stop are going to buy a book. So the more people, the better chances you have. But um, it also then comes down as we were talking, targeting that audience too. Um, I know that when I go to uh, some of the romance-centered uh, cons and book fairs that I have been at, uh, I have not sold as well as I have at the fantasy and science fiction ones, um, but I do still do still sell. So uh, haven't gone to one yet, not sold. Cool, James. Back to you. So with the uh, whole thing on the genre cons uh, and or, or what cons you go to, I, I will also say there are strange places you can go, like depending on your genre, like. Uh, I know a romance author, actually I have a few romance authors, where they've gone to wedding events. Crazy mm. thought, but you know, you go to a bridal fair, you're sitting there, you're only book out, you're only out there during the bridal fair. They've made money. Uh, you know, that you know, different things where I've done gun shows a couple of times. That that's an experience, made money, don't do it anymore, but there's a you know long story on that we'll probably <laughs> get down to later. Uh, and, and the other thing with it is when you're doing the factors on a con. Uh, also, I'm sorry, before I go to that, uh, Holly Marks. Uh, I've had people who've had success with Holly Marks. I've had other debacles at Holly Marks. Hopefully that will change. I'm doing a, a holiday show at Fort Leavenworth on Saturday, and we'll see how that goes. But that's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you've got to sit there and think, okay, if I'm going to an event, not just a, a literature event or a sci-fi event, what am I expect? What audience am I expecting to see? What are they asking for a table? Transportation is a big thing because you're going to have to carry your books, and books are heavy. Yep. Uh, lodging is another one. Uh, the, the, you know, the thing: what can you afford in lodging? Can you, you know, crowd surf in someone's house or couch surf rather? If you couch surf, uh, you got to ask yourself because con con can take a lot out of you. You got to ask yourself: you have small kids? Am I going to get up at four o'clock in the morning because the baby's crying and everything else? These are all things that you have to start factoring in inside before you say, "Am I going to a con?" And last but not least, remember there are cons you sell at, there are cons you go for networking. And you have to be careful not to mix the two in your head. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. Ryan, I did see you. I'm coming to you next. Um, one of the things I do want to angle this conversation going into after Ryan is talking about that real estate at the conference. We'll say you already have your con that you've picked out. What do you do to set up? How do you get people to come to you? And I want, I'm saying that now so that the panel can start thinking about it. And before I let anybody in the panel discuss that, I'm going to tell everybody on here what not to do. I'm not going to throw his name under the bus, but a perfect example. So first, to Ryan, to let him go ahead and continue on after James, and then I'm going to come in and talk about that. Go, mm-hmm. Ryan. This, this kind of works what you want to segue into a little bit. Um, I know one of the things I look for... Oh, the cons. I, I don't think I've ever had a table by myself. Um, I like teaming with other authors. Not only do you get to split, split the table cost, but um, there's more reason for somebody to come to my table. Um, and I like that. Um, I like having someone to interact with when I'm hand selling. Um, and I feel like the more of a show I can give passerbys, the better. It's because it's fun. And people who have seen me hand sell know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
kind of kill for armor or both, yelling at people. It's like I've told people before. Uh, when do you, so there's my cons that are inciting at a mall here in Quincy, but um, when do you get to go to the mall and dress up in armor and yell at people and make money? It's great. No, and you're right. You did. You actually did perfectly segue in. Um, in our past episodes, I know I've talked about this bookseller, this um, author, and I did not use that person's name back then, and I'm not going to use it now. It's not fair. It's not nice. But they were the perfect example. They were at a pretty good size um, book conference, and they had a. A table towards the back. The person didn't know one how to describe their book to sell it. So that 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 was a previous reference in past episodes where I've talked about this person. The other thing is all they had was the table, their books on the table, and themselves. There was nothing. It if you have ever gone to any conference or convention in any profession, I don't care if I'm talking about one like Comic-Con, etc., or if I'm talking about the American Dental Association Conference, if they have one, I assume they do, you know that when a vendor leaves a table, people will sit there to try to either take a moment to themselves, collect their stuff together, write something down, some notes, something that to themselves. And that's what this guy looked like. He was doing for the entire conference. That's, I'm going to tell you right now, is a no-no. You're at a con because you're a business person trying to sell your book. I know there's a lot of people out there that cringe when I use the word business. But you are. You are the face of your face of your brand. Be out there. Be selling. So I'm going to go Brad, Jen, and then whoever next, and then Jessica after that. Brad, over to you. Yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of good stuff uh, about what you should have in a table or a booth or anything like that. And, uh, I know James uh, said earlier about the banners, which is awesome. You really do need something behind you like that. But the one thing that I want to bring up, because it's the one thing that I found really helps the most, uh, is vertical uh, space on your table. Um, and that's the ability to put like a box or if you have uh, stands or something like that uh, that lifts uh, the uh, product up so that it becomes more at eye level or so that there's something there. Uh, I love to do like boxes on the table and then you cover those boxes in like the tablecloth and all that fun stuff so it looks cool. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have the various levels and everything and it just kind of maximizes the space that you have in front of you. Uh, but I find that uh, people don't always come up and look down. Uh, that a lot of times they just stand back and kind of take it in. So if you've got something front facing like that, uh, it can be a really big uh, help to try and draw people in. So Excellent. I just want people to remember the vertical off the table. Okay, so we've got Jen, Jessica, James, Ryan. Jen. Uh, vertical elements are extremely important because your neighbors will have them, and they're gonna people are going to be looking up and seeing everyone's names, and then they don't see your name, and they see the next person's name. So always have a vertical element. But also make yourself a vertical element. Standing at your table is an engaging posture. If you're sitting down with your arms crossed, you're closed off and no one wants to come talk to you. But if you're standing up and you're waving and you're saying hello, people say, oh look, friendly person. Whether or not their brains say that in words or it's a feeling, 
that's what you know you need to be you're you're a game show host you're a salesman mm-hmm. you're there to put them instantly at ease and let them know that they're welcome to come over to your table just to say hi and you're not going to strong arm them into buying something otherwise they're going to avert their eyes and walk away and my big problem people sitting at tables i have pity and then i end up pity buying you don't want to get pity buys you want to get sincere interested people buys because pity buys, when they look at your your book, when they get home, and they're like, man, that was 20 bucks I could have spent on something else. Mm-hmm. And it's not, boy, I can't wait to read this adventure that this very nice person that I now have a name associated with the title with made me want to read so that I could tell them later that I liked it. Or if I see them next year, you know, they might have something new. You know, become part of your display. And Jessica's going to talk here in a minute. Uh, she's excellent at showing up in costume and she really does make herself part of her display and that for a picture book author is very important because it's instantly engaging with little kids to come over and see someone in a costume but it also piques interest on that it's like the book cover of your table you know mm-hmm. it piques interest in you specifically as a person because they people look over and say i wonder what's up with that without you having to do anything you could be talking to someone else and you've already got their interest so make yourself a vertical element at your table over you jessica then to james and then to ryan yeah i do like going in costume even um we just did archon which is science fiction and fantasy and everyone was in costume but I love going to cons where I'm the only person in costume because they will come over to say, why are you dressed up? This <laughs> isn't a normal con where you dress up. What are you doing? And then I can say, oh, well, have you seen my book? Um, but it is especially great for children's parties to dress up like a book character because they recognize the character or you'll get them engaged enough to where they'll want to take the book home so the next party you do, they recognize you as the character. Um, but also, what I love to do is have something on the table for free. Coloring pages, bouncy balls. I just did can cozies at Archon. And me standing at the table, handing them something and saying, hey, would you like this thing for free, brought a lot of people to the table that normally would not have come to the table. And some bought and some didn't. It's a price you pay to have your own advertising. The can cozy had my logo on it. So forever they will drink their cans out of my logo whether they buy anything from me or not. So it's free advertising for me. Well, not free. You paid for the well, can cozies. Well, paid for yeah. the can cozies, but it, it's advertising for but me. But there were yeah. people walking around with their sodas yeah. and her can cozies or their water and her can cozies. And uh, when they, other people walked up to the table, they said, I wondered where such and such got that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's become it's turning your audience also into your billboard. Yes. And what's funny is, and then we're not video, we're audio. Brad's currently holding up a can cozy. Yeah, he's using it now. He's using the can cozy that Jessica did. (laughs) So over to James. I'm glad some of this conversation is coming up because I want to come back to talk about some freebies here in a minute if we don't go there yet. I want to add to that when it gets there. Okay. So over to James, then over to Ryan. So it's. It's funny. I, I am sorry, Jessica. Uh, your can cozy is somewhere in my kitchen. I think uh, I don't dance that often, so but bad, bad fellow author. Uh, I also work on, and, and some folks here are probably going to laugh about what I'm about to say. Uh, I try to basically, whenever I set up my table, uh, I try to be the table that someone always stops at and says, "Who the heck is this guy?" And where, like, you know, where does the table come from? Uh, one of my students, it's going to be eventually a book cover, 
should have a book cover already, but the sequel became a trilogy. Uh, there's a painting I have that was done by a gentleman in England, and I, I tell people that painting is paid for itself, both because uh, I have prints of it as well as that thing makes people stop. I mean, they will they will be going by the you know the, the, the con drone. I've been through twenty rows of tables, and my brain just showed up. Oh, whoa, hey, there's that picture. Uh, I always tell people try to have something on your table that will make someone stop. And I, I have to agree 100% on the whole be a vertical element yourself. I usually am standing up with my bookmarks in hand. Someone makes eye contact and smile out of my mind. I don't do costume uh, because you know, the only thing I probably could do is also do them if I try to pull something off. <laughs> uh, you, know, you guys have all seen my shirts from other episodes when I've come in person. I try to have uh, usually a broad, uh, a very broad appeal franchise, I'll usually, has a, I'll usually have a Battlestar Galactica, a Robotech, Star Wars shirt, whatever else. And usually that also ties into my pitches. Uh, that, and that goes to the next thing is, when you have someone stop, have a pitch. I have friends who have visited me at cons, who to this day, it's been like years since they've been at my table, can tell you my pitch, because of being there for an hour, they heard my pitch about 20 times. <laughs> The different variations of it. Now, I'm, I'm sure uh, Jennifer and Jessica are both laughing right now because they were probably around when I did my pitch a couple times. <laughs> Things of that nature. Excellent. Over to you, Ryan, and then I'm going to talk about freebies. Um, yeah, I totally agree with James. Um, having a pitch ready and also kind of kind of segueing into what was said earlier. Um, I don't even stand behind my table. I stand beside it, or even sort of in the front. Uh, I want I want no time between me and being able to get somebody that hesitates at my table, you know, while I'm talking to them and I'm real and then with words, uh, to be able to say, bam, book in hand, and say, check it out, check out the back, you know, or anybody who's seen me, especially at, at Archon, you know, I'll yell anything from, you know, everybody loves dragons, to, to, it's the best, best book you'll read, probably, you know, <laughs> And uh, uh, being able to get that directly into somebody's hands if they're entertaining, uh, um, bar, bar none, um, you're making a relationship in five seconds, is what you're doing. And it evolves well, you make a fan. Um, and so they're not just reading one book, they read one, and, and the goal is so that they like another one, they like another one. And actually, they're, they're a regular reader. Um, it's not a one off sale. And I think. Kind of when you go into con mode, you need to think back going in maybe for a first time. But um, we're there point blank to make, make, make fans and make that box that you brought of books disappear. Um, that's my goal every time, is all of them. Because I, I, they, they do me no good. The book has been written. Um, but if I can make relationships with fans and put some books, then I'm doing my job. Jessica, you wanted to go, and then I'm going to come back to that relationship briefly and talk and then back to freebies. Yeah, I just wanted to agree with James and Ryan about having a pitch, but also point out that I love doing tables with another person, just like Ryan does, because I don't just pitch my stuff. I pitch the other person's stuff, and they do the same for me. So when you have someone at your table with you, and you have a, let's call them a customer, because mm -hmm. that's what they are. When you have a customer come up and they're like, oh, you're trying to sell me something, ew. Mm -hmm. If you start with your other, your table mate stuff and say, hey, have you seen Jennifer's stuff? And then they will let you segue into your stuff and then they buy from one of you. Um, so I think that really helps to not scream, hey, buy my stuff, 
But hey, have you seen this lady stuff? She's really cool. Coming to you, Jen, real fast before I before me, but I do want to quickly plug two because you, you, I don't know what it was, Jessica, of what you were saying that triggered this in my mind, but I know as everybody on this podcast knows, there's some authors out there that believe they should not be the ones selling, or that this or what we're talking about right now is strictly for the independent authors out there. No, uh, traditional authors also need to go to the cons and sell their books, and many do. But don't be that guy who blames your sales on Amazon if you're not out there pushing your own book. Go for it, Jen. Uh, just to reinforce the, the value of having a table made, especially when you're first starting off and you don't have a lot of titles, James has enough titles to sell for days. <laughs> that he does. He, he doesn't have room for a table made. But uh, for you know Jessica and I, we paired up for the last couple of conventions because I have... I have Threadcaster and I have Dog Park, and she's got Pirate Princess and Sparkle and uh, Death Adjacent. So we we don't have, like, you know, if you would like to have this adult book, I have a whole library of adult books. Uh, but it's all, so it's good to be able to say, oh, you like this thing? Well, my neighbor does this thing. It also is helpful if you're just starting out and you have a hard time selling yourself to then sell your neighbor first because it's easier to talk about your friend's stuff. You know, it's like, oh, well, she's a great writer. Uh, she she wrote about this really cool thing. This woman, she wakes up at her own autopsy, finds out she's an Egyptian goddess reincarnated, and then all of a sudden all of, of, of these mystical creatures come into her life, and it's just chaos, and it goes a mile a minute. I think you'd really dig it. That's so easy for me to <laughs> say. Ah. Well, I don't know what that was, but go ahead. Ryan exploded for a second. Um... But it's, uh, it, so it's easier to talk about something that's not yours, especially if you're embarrassed about, you know, oh, but I'm just a humble writer. Oh, but I'm not that important. I'm just indie published. It's like, no, your neighbor, you love them. They're your partner, and then your partner will do the same for you. But once you've got the momentum going, mm -hmm. it's almost easier to move from, well, and if you're interested in that, then you might be interested in Threadcaster, which is similar in these other ways, and this is super cool, and I think you'd dig it for your your high school kid, because this one's for adults and this one's for teens, you know, that sort of thing. So I recommend, if you're shy about getting a table, to find someone that you have good synergy with and sign up with them. Before I go to the man who has books to sell for days, yes. <laughs> over to James, who's ch chuckling at that on mute, um... You're next, James, but I'm going to say, well, the other part of it, before we ever get to freebies, is that building of that relationship. I've seen plenty of you guys at the cons. I've seen plenty of people come in to a con, and they only have X amount of dollars. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to a conference, you, yourself, not, not you, the seller, you, the conference goer, has come to a con, you just paid your tickets, you might be paying travel, you might be paying for a hotel. You, and you only have X amount of room in your baggage to take books home if you're not going to go to UPS and send them home that way, or FedEx. But if I stop by one of your tables as a con-goer, and I'm like, wow, this, is, this really sounds good. What's your name? What's the likelihood that later I'm going to go home and jump on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online or someplace and look for you and buy a book? If there is a possibility, there is absolutely no possibility 
if you haven't talked to them and try to make a relationship. I'm getting dovetailed from Jen, so I'm going to get dovetailed, then I'm going to come over to you, Jen. James. Um, Jen. Well, the, uh, it's even, you know, that's a great point. So even if your your freebie, we're going to talk more about freebies in a minute, mm-hmm. but even if your freebie is just a business card with a picture on it, Anything that you can put in someone's hand that they can take with them, because they aren't going to remember you in the busyness of con, but when they dump their book, you know, their bag of of crap out on the floor when they get home, they'll find your card, and then they'll say, who was that? And they'll actually take some mental energy to think about you, which they probably wouldn't have done if you were just a face they pass. Right. James, over to you. So the, uh, the, 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 I'm, I'm glad Jen already ratted me out because I, I want to say uh, sometimes there's a problem selling with uh, partners. Uh, so uh, as Jen and Jessica both know, uh, just to have my wife with me, she's a fellow author. We literally uh, no longer fit on one table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine that he started trying to see the young come through sitting onto a six-foot table now anymore. Uh, so the, the thing I would say is also sharing with someone. If you're going to share with someone, make sure uh, that neither one of you will get the green-eyed monster. You know how they talk about the circle of success? Oh, yes. You have to make sure that this is somebody who I share a table with. If for whatever reason, you know, God bless America, we have our culture historians come through, and I, you know, books are flying off the table in flames, this is not the person who's sitting there saying, I knew I should have came here with you, and I'm going to stab you on the way out. Uh, that's... <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that, that's just one of those things where you, you uh, also have to think about that with your neighbors as far as you know, building synergy is you have to look at your neighbor to your left and right, get to know your neighbor. You're not always going to have a good neighbor. I've been at cons where I've had neighbors where we've honestly just, you know, I mean, agreed to not talk after about Friday. <laughs> there's been sharpening of customers or there's just been etiquette problems. And I, I'm sure we'll talk about con etiquette down the road, but there's just things where you have to, you know, if you have a good neighbor relationship. Uh, I actually have a Facebook group where I have, big, uh, I try to bring in all my neighbors I've had at cons, and some of them are really good friends now because there's, you know, you sit there and I don't have any fantasy at my table most of the time. If I have my wife with me, I'll have her fantasy, but if I have no fantasy at the table, but next to me is somebody like you know, my, my friend Jessica Sherwood who is selling. Nothing but fantasy. I mean, she's got L's for days behind her. She's got all the stuff on her and everything else. I, when I was at Gen Con, I was handing people off to her left and right. She had to say I probably made more sales for her than she did for herself. Because someone might walk up and say, I'm looking for fantasy. And I look at you like, I can't help you at all. But <laughs> here's, you know, here's JJ next to me with her books. Uh, usually she tried them out. I do a little bit of initial pitch. I hand them off. Great. Jessica, you had your hand up, I think. So go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say that if you do have a table mate, don't just pick any random person who mm-hmm. has enough money to, to pay for half of the table. Yes. Pick someone that you like. Pick someone whose work goes along with yours. Like, um, for instance, I do a lot of my tables with Jen. She illustrated my children's picture books. It's a good segue into her books to say, hey, if you like these picture books, Jen illustrated them. Here's her things. But uh, as much as I love Lee, who's also always on the podcast, uh-huh. I would not sell my picture books with Lee's erotica on the same table. Well, she no. might bring her picture books with her, though. If she has her picture books, yes, but not her erotica. It just doesn't go together. That is a great point. Definitely, if you are teaming up with somebody, make sure 
not only does the chemistry between you and that person work, but um, that <laughs> your genres will work out quite well. Okay, I've got a dovetail coming up here. I'm coming to you next. Um, that the chemist that the genres are not so mismatched as you've got a here is a beautiful children's book illustrated and then here I've got vampires who like to get naked and do other things. I mean just And yeah. if you do have a strong delineation on your table. Yes, yeah. have to have it. Okay, I've got Melanie who's asking for a dove dovetail, then I've got Ryan. Yeah, I was gonna it. say they don't have to be the same genre, but they have to either be they either have to be sim very similar, like uh, like you two, mm -hmm. or they have to be complementary. Yes. The you two were Jen and Jessica. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Ryan, I'm coming to you, but there are two things we definitely want to cover before we run out of time. We're not there yet, but we're. I just want to put this out to everybody. One is freebies. Yes. And two is etiquette at cons. So over to Ryan, and then we're going to get into the freebies. Okay, well, there's just one, one quick thing I want to throw in. So I have to do the last thing, uh, if I have any straggling copies or whatever. Um, I like to actually walk around the con to the other sellers um, to get ideas rather than improve my own table. And also to make some brands with other, other, other authors. Um, and I'll see if everyone can do trade for their, their books or just take cards um, because I want to grow my own professional network as well as uh, sell books. Um, and also, it was kind of cool to see like what other really cool ideas people have been able to do for the table, and then adapt my own. Excellent. Um, we're segueing now into freebies. I want to talk about this, and I'm just having to mention with this being having a partner at a table really helps protect your stuff. That's not a freebie. There's <laughs> some people will who go to cons how should I say, five-finger discount away with. That has happened. I've seen it happen. Um, I mean, stuff I've had for St. Louis Writers Guild where people have tried to do that at our table. Um, one of the freebies I see, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it, is having candy at your table. Mm -hmm. My point of view with that is, A, it's good. B, it's bad. The bad <laughs> part is, the A part is, hey, it brings people to your table. It's candy. But B, I see more people come to the table for the candy than I do for the interaction with the bookseller. So I've got Jen, James, Ryan, in that order. Jen. Um, uh, that is true, but they've come to your table. Sure. So when, at Archon, I have this. I wanted to share a specific anecdote, but before I get to that, uh, at Archon, when uh, Jess had her... Her little cozy kits. There mm -hmm. was candy in there and whatever. Some people came over because of the candy. Some people came over the free thing. But the way that we would get people to come to the table is we would hold one in our hand and we'd go, free stuff. Do you want a can cozy? You want a can cozy? And the minute you're talking to someone, they look over and we're like, it's free, it's free. And they're like, it's free? And there were enough people that were just so grateful to have something for free that they would come over and take it. And when they took that... We'd say, do you like that? Well, I have art, because I always have little art cards. I'm like, I have art cards for free. Would you like any art cards? They come just a little bit closer, look at my stuff. I'm like, if you like that, all the art cards are related to this book. And before they know it, the book is in their hand. <laughs> so the, uh, and, and Jessica can say, it's like, this is my logo. My logo goes with all of my things that are here. Come closer. See, this is my bookmark that you have in there. It goes with this book. You know, that sort of thing. The anecdote I wanted to bring up specifically for freebies um, I used to work, 
uh, I, well, I was a co-founder, but I used to work with a local game company called the Happy Badger Studios. And we were just starting out. We were an iPhone app game company. They've since gone on without me to do PS4 games and stuff, which is really exciting. But when we were trying to get awareness and off the ground, we got a booth at Anime STL, which uh, hopefully that's self-explanatory, but it was an anime convention in the St. Louis area. It was run by a friend of ours. So uh, we printed out, we didn't print out any, like, we had, you know, t-shirts and logo stuff or whatever, but we had these little stickers that just had our badger on it, because we had a smiling badger as a logo. So it didn't have our name on it, it was just the smiling badger, and we handed them out, we had, uh, I was sticker hander for a couple years, but we would hand out the badger stickers to, to just everyone. Sticker, you don't have a sticker, you don't have a sticker, you don't have a sticker, didn't say anything about us, but before we knew it... People were coming up and going, where's the Badger sticker? Where can I get one? Because they saw everyone else wearing one. And it became a viral handout for free. And then people started seeking us out to find out what we were about, and they stuck around to hear our thing. Because it entered their consciousness through, like, like unconscious means. They were now curious about what the Badgers were about just because they saw everyone with them and they wanted to be included. Mm-hmm. So that's a story I wanted to share about freebie things. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a first chapter that you hand out to everybody, uh, but it does have to be attention-getting that will draw people toward you. Cool. James, Ryan, and Brent, I know you don't have your hand up, but because of what Jen said, I'm going to come to you and talk about your secret society. So brace yourself. So you're brace, and Brent's like, oh, God. Go, go for it, James. I'm looking at Brent like, okay, <laughs> Tagged with something. <laughs> Don't get in the way of fire. No, uh, in all seriousness, uh, so I'm going to say I'm not a fan of candy at the table. Two reasons, and, and this kind of goes to etiquette. Uh, you know, for the first one, you'd be surprised at the number of candy wrappers and sticky candy that end up at my table for my neighbors having candy. Uh, and, you know, your, your neighbor won't say anything. But I, I usually try to make it a point to, if I, I can have any say in setup, not to be near the usual guilty parties, because that, that just goes awry. Kids get candy, they don't touch your books, everything else. It's just one of those, eh, okay, that's how you want to do it. I'm not going to disagree. But I do agree that you need to have something that you hand out. In so much, like, uh, you know, again, like I said, the bookmarks. Uh, the other thing I do is I hand out the stickers. Like, I'll have little uh, three business size card stickers. And, you know, like you see, especially if you see a little kid who's about to go Fukushima, and that's the last thing you want to have happen near your table. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you hand the kid a sticker, all of a sudden their day brightens up, and, okay, okay, that meltdown's going to happen two rows over. And a lot of times, mom and dad are grateful enough that they'll buy, like, a small book, which goes to the next thing. I'll have sample chapters, and I will occasionally give away, because, uh, you know, the, the little small, uh, very thin paperbacks, they're two fifty dollars print. There have been times uh, that I will give away the 250 book. I don't advertise it, but there are times I'll give away one of the small books in the genre simply because if there's a reason why I, I sense that something's going on, uh, you know, I, I met someone who, and actually they came back and bought books later. I, I met a woman who, uh, two years ago when I met her, her was she was going through cancer, her mom told me. And, you know, the chemo, she was always looking for things to read the chemo, so I gave her a couple of my small books. Fast forward, you know, a couple of years later, Connor Wichita, they come back and they buy, like, three or four books because, you know, she, of course, she was a remission and everything else. They remembered that. That's the black act of kindness. Same thing at Gen Con. 
I had a gal who uh, she was talking about. She had a friend. You know, she had a guy who was a friend, and they're going back and forth. You know, and and she was like, I'm just looking for a gift to do. You know, get him. I think you love your books, but he's not here right now. Whatever else. And you know, her. You know, she took my card and everything. I said, you know what? What's his name? Because she mentioned his birthday was coming up. I said, what's his name? Wrote a nice little blurb in his letter about his name and said, hey, so and so says you're a great friend. I hope you enjoy the gift. And I handed it to her. Who knows? Maybe I'll never see her again. Or hey, as I already know, I have one couple that one of my books was a gift, and they're getting, uh, getting ready to engage her soon. That is, you know, that'll be another story where hey, you know, that this is the funny romance of James Jones was involved and us getting together. You know, these things happen. I mean, there, there's all these different reasons for you can have different things to give away as a freebie. I, you know, every time the other time I have some candies, I know people have allergies, so that's. That is just not something I want to have happen when someone have you'll know, find out they have a peanut allergy at my table. Amen too, yes. Or another allergy that's just as bad. Oh, that would be a bad situation. Ryan, over to you. Brad, I'm still coming to you for your secret for your secret society. Ryan. Well, I, I'm glad that, that James brought up a bit about the you know, sample chapters and whatnot. Uh, I read high fantasy. Sometimes my books are in large. Sometimes they can do a purpose as door stoppers. But you know what? I'm proud. That's another story. Um, one of the things I did, and, and, I, and I'm still working on, is uh, taking Rainstorm, my main book, and chopping it up into an issue by missions. And so, you know, a big big book might be kind of scary. You know, it might be kind of like, you know, but if you have this little chopped up version, you can pass out and you're, say, free, or, you know, it's like five bucks, you know. Um, that's worked wonderful. It's been great. Excellent. Brad, you have a secret society. It's not a freebie that you give without them it's buying a book. It's, well, but it's a freebie. It depends on how I'm selling it. Yes. So <laughs> tell me about the secret society of gears. Yes. So uh, as David is alluding to, uh, when you come to my table in any event that I'm selling at, uh, if you buy a book, you get a gear, a handmade gear pit. Um, and you know that's fun to say too that they're all handmade, so they're all cool. But there are these little button gears. Um, I don't have any near me, but uh, there are these little gears that are little buttons, and you can wear them all over the place. So I started doing this with my very first book. Uh, come to my second signing, and the people who had come to my first signing were all still wearing their pins. Uh, in fact, um, several people will come up and flash the pin to me. Uh, and it's become kind of a secret society of people who have read my books and come to my events. Uh, when they do, they always make a point to point out the pin, and then they get a new pin with a new book. Uh, and I've kept this up, so despite all the other stuff that I give away, you'll always get a pin. And the funny thing is, is that I'll now see these out as I'm walking around, <laughs> uh, which is the weirdest thing in the world. When you're just randomly walking down the street, and there's your pin on a person... You, you know, I, obviously I've met them at a con before of some kind, uh, but that is definitely my pin on their jacket, and that is the coolest thing in the world. And sometimes the funny thing is these people don't even really, because, you know, they put it on their jacket at that con, and they don't, you know, it's that memory of being at that con. It's not necessarily the memory of, you know, that particular moment and all, but I'm like, oh my goodness, that's, that's my pin. Um, and I do use artwork as well. I usually use artwork, though, as the uh, butter to buy more books, so... Uh, if you buy the trilogy, then you get all the artwork included and all that kind of stuff. The artwork's still there. And, you know, you can buy it if you want. But uh, I tend to use my artwork and stuff for that way. And then I also have weird things like uh, 
my silhouette done in first this chapter of uh, Iron Horseman, which is always kind of a fun one to hand out to people because uh, then it's my odd bust, but it's also <laughs> the first chapter of my novel. So uh, weird things like that. But yeah, the, the pen has been kind of an interesting one. In fact, I uh, was just having uh, lunch the other day with somebody who was wearing their pin. Excellent. I've got Jen doing a dovetail. James, I think I've got a reservation from you, so Jen and then James. Yeah, just quick before we go into more table etiquette stuff, because that's our last topic. Yeah. Um, Brad mentioned the butter to get everyone into another book sale. I wanted to emphasize the value of bundling things. Uh-huh. Like, always having something on your table that is for sale, but is for sale for a little bit less than, you know, your main book. Uh, for an example, I just put out this anthology with that purpose. I put out a, a Threadcaster anthology that ties directly into the novel, and this is what happened to me over and over again at Archon. I said, this is Threadcaster. Threadcaster is $20. And the person I'm talking to makes this face like, ugh, $20, ick. And I said, this is the curses. It's the companion short story collection, and it's $10. And they go, ugh, $10, ick. And then I say, you get them together, it's 25 and they go, oh, okay, and then they buy it. It's like, you realize you were just making a face at 20 bucks, but I say buy a thing for 25 and you're down. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a conception of the bundle is like, I'm getting a value. So because they were going to get $5 off of the, the two together, mm-hmm. that became more enticing. So doing that with like short stories or, or some other like artwork or whatever, just whatever to sweeten the deal, I, I just wanted to put that in the heads of our listeners. Beautiful. James, coming to you. So first I'll start with bundle. Uh, well, I'll go back to free stuff here in a second, but you're going to hit the right nail around the head. And bundle do. <laughs> so I usually, uh, and she's probably laughing because she's currently sitting, or she has a bundle that we did at our table. She has one of my wife's books that we sold as a set. Uh, yeah, I bought all of those. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, you know, often things like uh, here, you know, this novel's fifteen dollars. The sequel's fifteen dollars. We're gonna give them both. I'll move to twenty-five, and you'll be amazed. The number of people who are like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll do that, in a, you know, in a heartbeat. And always try to do it with even numbers, unless you're looking for you know ones or something. Because if you start doing things where it's odd numbers, as Jessica can attest to, I'm basically sitting at our table saying, "Hey, can I get five ones for you?" <laughs> that start to happen because you start to run out of ones, or you yeah. start to run out of different values of a point or dollars. As far as free stuff goes, I find that you talk about the society of the gears because. Every time I sell a book, if you buy one book, you get a small magnet. If you buy two books, you get this big French magnet. And after being ruthlessly mocked by my sister who took marketing classes, uh, it also says there at the bottom, it says Jane Jones Linear Pins. So you have artwork that's to cover one of my books. On the, you know, it's on the fridge. And as I always joke with people, they're like, oh, you're giving me a magnet. I'm like, yeah. So when your Aunt Bessie's sitting there saying, why is your photo of the Congo going up on your fridge? You can tell them, oh, I met this crazy guy at a con, and he, like, swindled me into buying a book. Uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and really, you know, the, the other thing with it is, and this is where coming with neighbors go, or in my case, I'm married to my neighbor most of the time, is you can do deals between your tables. Mm-hmm. So what, one of the, the stories people tell about me, you know, is that uh, I was at Planet one time, and I had a couple who walked up, Planet being the Kansas City uh, Comic Con, I had a couple who walked up and swore they were out of money. $80 later, uh, <laughs> they had several of my wife's prints, a couple of my books, and, and the, the, the piece of 
for his response was when you know the husband who was broke, according to his wife, whips out ten dollars and says, "Oh, but okay, if you're gonna drop the price of ten dollars for that book, I'm definitely gonna take it." And she's like, "Where'd you get the ten dollars? We had lunch. You had no money." He's like, "I don't know. I just had it in my pocket." <laughs> to think about, it, I had that ten dollars in my hand because I, I knew where this was going. I mean, you know, he, he was gonna get his ear knot off on the way to the parking lot, but hey, not my problem. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Um, no pun intended. Back to Brad there about the gear pins. Um, let's talk about etiquette at a con. In past episodes of Right Pack Radio, we've talked about etiquette at writers' conferences, and I don't think the two comments are too different. What are some do's, or especially what are some don'ts at a con? I will say, make sure you have plenty of money for the cash. And I'm going to tell you this as well, just as a business thing. I don't care what you choose. Square, PayPal, whatever. Have something because most people don't carry cash anymore. They carry a credit card or a debit card. So I had Ryan go up first and then I've got James second and then we'll go from there. And then Jessica, Ryan. Um, well, the first thing I'd say, you know, when you're selling books at a con, um, and, you know, you're, you're, basically you're nicely heckling people, uh, is to know, know when to stop, because an angry person doesn't do you any good, you know, and there might be just someone who's just angry, you know, and they're going to be angry, but, like, people who are interested, reel them in, but people who are not, let them go. Yeah. Um. Uh, it doesn't do you any good, you know, because that word's going to spread, it's going to ruin people's day, it's just no fun. It breaks the spirit of the con, you know? Um, and so, I don't know, it's just learn learn those, those you can see it in their eye, and, and they and they clown a little bit. Okay, they, they you got something to work with. But if they're not interested, like I said, love them. James, over to you. No. Uh, I'll, I'll just do three. I mean, I can go for days on this. Uh, you know, my, my top three notes. Uh, number one, do not shark your neighbor. Uh, if your neighbor is talking to someone, do not engage that target in your neighbor's sector. This will make for a bad con. Uh, if, at best case, you'll have a neighbor that'll have resentment. At bad case, you'll have a neighbor like me who, I, I don't play that game. Uh, you get one freebie with me. Uh, the second time you come over and interfere with one of my sales, I'll say something. The third time we're talking to the, the rep for the area. I'm just not even going down that road because I've had people aggressively do that to me at a con. And you, you'll have people plead ignorance. And it's one of those things where, no, you just know better. I mean, there's a reason why there's no soliciting signs at other places. Uh, the second thing is don't get into price wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically this goes into the same thing with the kind of neighbor etiquette. Don't slit your neighbor's throat. But on the other hand, don't, I mean, don't let your neighbor set your prices. You know, that there's, uh, I had a case where I won't mention the author's name, but we both are in the same anthology. Mm. And we were at an event together, and I still feel bad about it because he's a great guy. But he was charging $20 for, an anthology, for the same anthology, I was charging 15 And I said, hey, look, I'm just going to charge 15 It's just the way I'm doing it. He's like, well, it's 20 bucks online. I'm like, yeah, but trust me, I know people are not going to pay 20 bucks for a book. And that's usually been my experience. I know people have sold books for 20 bucks, but it's just one of those things where, and we would have a couple people, you know, talk back and forth about us. I just said, hey, look, uh, he's got his reason why he's doing it. 
my price is 15. I'm not talking about what's going on in his life. You know, you need to talk between us, and I'm sure he can cut you down his fantasy books so I have no fantasy on the table. And we just went from there. And last but not least, do not badmouth other people at a con. Amen. I have actually known authors who have gotten kicked out for this. I knew an author who got kicked out because he was badmouthing somebody, and you know the person went around and he did not realize that one of the people was the friends of the other author who was badmouthing. That person went to the con head and said, "You got to be bagging me." Con head said, "I'll take care of this right quick." Went there with security. Uh, we, you, you know, you have thirty minutes to be off the premises. It's in the agreement. Don't do it. It's just not worth it. Even if you're in the genre, and, and this goes back to you know, Green Eyed Monster and everything else, even if you're watching this person have, you know, he, he, they're basically overrunning things, let it go. You, you know, this is just not your day. You're just going to have to move on, but do not ever badmouth another author at a con. It's just bad form. I'm glad you brought that last one up, especially because it made me think about. And I've talked about this person before, too. I have no idea what their name is, so I can't <laughs> throw them under the bus. But I still remember to this day, I went to the Ren Fair here in St. Louis. And somebody was selling a fantasy book. I couldn't tell you what it was anymore. Um, they reeled me in to talk to me about it as a conference goer or as a, an event goer. Now, if you've never been to a Ren Fair, let me explain really fast. People are dressed up in medieval garb. People are dressed up in as elves, orcs, ogres. You name it, all the high fantasy stuff. This guy's sales pitches, this book that he, that he wrote was about, was a fantasy book, but it didn't have any of that BS about elves and dwarves and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, you just went off on a lot of authors right off the bat from Tolkien onward about it. I, and I'm really curious how many books he sold. I know at the time I talked to him, which was the second week, third day total of the event, and this thing goes for four weeks or five weeks, he has sold none. I'm thinking, yeah, no kidding, no wonder. Yeah. Okay, over to you, Brad. And James, I know if you, I know we can't, I'm not doing video, but if you could watch this, James is on mute and he's almost having a heart attack laughing over there. At this. And it was, a, it was a true thing. I've never forgotten that. Go for it, Brad. Uh, yeah, if I had to put in uh, the, the one big rule that I would kind of throw out is uh, to respect space. Um, you only get so much of it, and it's not enough, no. But, you know, stick to the space that you're given. I.e., if you get half a table, you only get half a table. Only take half a table. If you have a gap between your table and your neighbor's table, don't, you know, span out into the gap. That's not yours. It's a dead man zone between the two of you that is only used to go between the tables. Uh, you know, if you have a wall behind you, and I don't mean a wall, but, like, if you have nothing behind you and there's tables on the other side, uh, you only get half of that space behind you. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't stress enough. Try and keep everything contained under your own table. Uh, but it will be, you'll, you'll make for such a nice, you know, nicer neighbor uh, that way. Because uh, nobody likes the, the growing uh, con team. Agreed. Jessica, I saw your hand up, and then I'll get James after that. Go for it, Jessica. James. Then. So, a couple of things that I think you need to remember is that you're not just an author, you're not just a business, you're a brand. 
That's why I have a logo. I am a brand. So if you see me bad-mouthing my customers, bad-mouthing all the people who come to the con, bad-mouthing uh, my table mate, my brand is sunk. <laughs> do not do that. So like... What Dave was saying about that guy, he probably didn't sell a single thing because he just badmouthed every single customer he might have had. You just don't do that. Uh, so the other thing that I do, and I think it's good table etiquette at any con, is I make friends with the people next to me. Uh, I introduce myself. I make sure I know what they're selling so that if someone says, hey, do you know any middle grade authors? Just like what happened at PinCon, I can say, well, have you been next door? Uh -huh. She's got all kinds of middle grades. Um, just just be polite and be a human person. That is probably the number one rule of any con is be a human person. Agreed. Over to you, James. Uh, things on a deal, and this kind of dovetails from the whole space thing. Uh, do protect your space. Uh, you know, the, it, it's, I, I will merely say there are some things I've hit off in the past just with a hard look. Uh, I had a neighbor who thought it was going to be a good idea to have his back wall, basically where he's going to have prints held on my side of the, the space. So basically my left wall would be his prints. And I've done that once, only once, but I didn't even think about it. And the number of times I had people interrupt me to ask me about you know my prints, uh, I don't do that anymore. I went over there and I, you know, you know, I said, hey, you know, look, no blood, no foul, but uh, I don't think that's going to work. Because you're going to ask me about your prints or about whatever else. And he said, well, I'm going to put my prints over there. And, and this goes to the, you know, be firm, be polite, but do not take me crap. I said, well, here's what's going to happen here. I know what the con agreement is. I know the concept about backwalling. And that's, you learn some con terms like backwall and sidewall and things like that. The con said absolutely not. So I'm asking you politely to not put your prints on my area. But what I could do is I'll just wait till the con opens tomorrow. Grab a con hit, you know, or grab the, you know, our Zali hit, and you guys can have that conversation. You can spend the first 45 minutes of the con, you know, back up your prints. Your call, I'm asking nicely, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. Amazingly, shortly after that happened, I mean, we, and of course, I probably could have been a little bit more polite, but he knew he was wrong. I mean, like I said, it was in the agreement, no if, ands, or ups, big, bold, you know, size 14 font. He took prints down. And, and there, there's one of those things where you have to be willing to protect your space or by Sunday you will literally, you know, almost have that person in your area and, and you will have them constantly interrupt things. Uh, one other big do, though, on a more pleasant note is be happy. Yes. I mean, you know, you, you get a chance to, uh, and, and this, me, this is my introvert coming out, you get a chance to meet thousands of fellow fans and sci-fi and everything else. Some of the most amusing conversations I have had have been people who had never even bought my book. I mean, and we see each other at our cons and we still remember different things. You know, we, you know, we'll sit there and have all these different conversations. It is great to be someplace and have conversations about things like, you know, hey, I see you again. Hey, I see this all leaders, you know, t-shirt you're wearing. That's something that you can sit there and you can talk about where, you know, how many Robotech fans do you know on your day-to-day -day basis? Not that many. And that, that's something where you have that common report. Last but not least, take care of your neighbors and let your neighbors take care of you. Uh, again, you know, with, with uh, Jen Con, you know, my neighbor, Dave Sherwood, she cosplayed on the last day. And she had, she had this, uh, she's actually a professional cosplayer who's won awards at different cons. She had this elf outfit that took her and her husband had to go, like, you know, get things taken care of. 
<laughs> I always say I don't I don't handle people's money, but I was, you know, totally willing to sit there and talk to people about her book and everything else if I didn't have somebody in front of my people and just say, hey, she's getting in the costume. She'll be right back. I mean, you know, it literally was a case of it was a two-man job. So, an excellent outfit, and that's, a, you know, a, a thing that just do that for your neighbor. You know, it, it's not that hard to know everybody to do the networking because it's hard enough being writers. Get the networking now and help each other out. Totally agree. And something that you're talking about is something else I want to bring up, too, on the etiquette. And a lot of times, you might be talking. And I don't mean at the table. I'm talking about you might be on a panel. You might um, be... This would be a fantastic thing. You might be the keynote speaker. Hey. Um, have... Some cons provide it, some don't. Have a table tent. A little three-folded three piece of paper that says, I'm at a panel. I'll be back. Or something. And then, of course, protect your free stuff because, or protect your stuff that you're selling. You don't care about the free stuff. Protect the stuff you're selling. Hide that because I have seen people walk off with it by accident or on purpose. But if you have, if you have a table tent, people know, hey, this is an author I'm going to come back to. Or they might, if they've seen you before and talked to you before, they might come down and to the panel you're giving and get more, get more of you as a person and might follow you back to your table. And so, so any other etiquette besides don't be, hey, we are PG-13, so I'm going to say it. Don't be an asshole. Um, what else? Anything else? If not, last thought. Um, oh, two thoughts. Okay, last couple thoughts. This kind of dovetails on what James was saying about helping your neighbors, but also know your boundaries. Yes. So, like James said, he will not take money for a neighbor. If you're not willing to do that, don't do it, but... You also have to be willing to tell your neighbor what you will and will not do. If they go to the bathroom, are you willing to watch their stuff? If you're not, then tell them no. But know what your boundaries are and, and where you are as a person that day and what you can and cannot do for them. Ryan, I saw you. And James, I think I saw you as well. So, Ryan, your Please final you thoughts. Yeah, to each other. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Steal the line from Bill and Ted. Be excellent to each other. There you go. And yeah. James, final word from you. Uh, another thing, and I'm glad you mentioned with the speaking. Uh, if you're the, if you have a panel or your keynote speaker, be on time. That that is non-negotiable. Be early. Be prepared. Don't be the person who shows up like, hey, we got the keynote speaker, and it's like, okay, this person sounds like Elmer Fudd and is bringing staff. You know that that just don't be that person. Have a plan. You don't have to have a brilliant plan. But have a plan. Also, be prepared to if you know you, you're, you're sitting there dealing with a con. Be prepared to get hey you on panels because things happen. Uh, we we had someone who I was at a panel or I was at a con, and, and this goes through networking and everything else. The person who was supposed to be on a panel got sick, violently sick, as in she missed the rest of the con. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sitting there at my you know table and I'm like hey you want to come talk. Well, okay, what's the panel going to be on? It was like a, uh, just a, you know, how do you get into writing everything else? And with that in mind, I have a standard, you know, things I cover about, you know, different things publishers, different stuff like that. That's the stuff you have to be prepared to do, but don't, don't be scared to take those opportunities. Because you have a chance of people saying, well, I've never heard of you before in my life. And you sound like you know what you're talking about. Well, I'd love to. And, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, and, 
maybe you're just saying, give your book a try. Excellent advice. And on that note, I'm looking around for final other. Anyone else? If not, tune in next week for yet another interesting topic in the writing industry. Share these net, share these uh, events or share these episodes with your writing friends. And thank you for listening. Take care. The new theme songs for Write Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.